push me here on anger, but maybe you could have any strong emotion in there. So this person expresses a sense of contradiction between the advice of the Buddha and the advice of one of his disciples to wit me. Buddha abandoned anger, conquer anger with lack of anger, guard against anger erupting in the body, guard against anger erupting in speech, guard against anger erupting in mind. Teaching. Feel the anger, be with the anger. Person experiences a sense of confusion, missing missing the link between these experiences. Um, <coughs> I don't recall the Buddha going his anger erupting in the body, but um, I imagine it means referring to actions, um, acting with um, upon experience of anger. Um, you know, we lash out against other people, and similarly when we when we um, lash out with our speech to guard against that, to to not act that out, mm. to conquer anger with lack of anger. Mm. Yeah, that sounds really good. <laughs> I did not think of that. <laughs> but actually when one's being with the anger, the being with is not angry. So that's the lack of anger. And you place the two together, the lack of anger, it's the uh, uh, place that with the against the anger, and that helps to drain it. And where could that lack of anger be? You know, it could be that one's mind is is really so uh, overwhelmed with this powerful emotion that you can't find any any space in the mind that's is free from that, or free from just tightening up against it and I've experienced and seen people having uh, anger and rage actually their body is tightening up to hold it back and that doesn't seem to be conquering anything uh, at all really and particularly when some of this anger has occurred from the incidents that occurred 10 years ago or even in their childhood and they're still still trying to conquer it. Well, it didn't work, did it? That's the case. Where is the lack of anger? Hmm. Now, you know, certainly an adult person, if they're careful and aware of the potency for one to feel threatened, where does anger come? Threat, abuse, physical attack, insults. Aware of that, that possibility, as there is, then one is uh, careful about maintaining boundaries, uh, careful about maintaining awareness of the speech and actions of others, and one generally has one's wisdom faculty there to, okay, that's that's his or hers, and uh uh-huh, you know, that's that, and she's having a difficult day or something like that and you're aware of your boundaries, don't let it get in. 
When you're five years old, you can't do that. You don't have that capacity to do that. Some people have that capacity. It's quite difficult to have that capacity to have those boundaries, and particularly when we're suffering from abuse affected when one's young and quite vulnerable and didn't have boundaries. And particularly, as I'm noting in quite a few cases, those that, that insult and abuse was was uh, came from one's parents, uh, for who a child naturally doesn't have boundaries against tendencies for a child to actually assimilate and uh, absorb, because that's that's the way it is. They're not differentiated yet. They don't have boundaries. So extremely porous and vulnerable to the to the moods and emotions of their of their primary caregivers. So it just goes in. Talking to a woman some while back and you know her mother had beaten her up quite a bit when she was young. And uh, so she'd always this idea supposed to forgive. Which is gayness, you know, that's great. But that may be two steps down the line because what was happening was that she was so constricted that her health had suffered. Um, she was so constricted with holding all this emotion back that it had completely affected her somatic energy. She was some parts of the body had gone numb with that. Um, that wasn't conquering anything. It wasn't guarding against it because it was already in there. And uh, so, the, what you know, just because we have a place where we're hardened against letting that stuff erupt, doesn't mean we. That, that constriction is a lack of anger, it's the result of anger. It's the result of an ability to handle it. So we just lock. That lock does not release it, neither does it cure it, nor does it get rid of it. It just holds it there. And it builds up pressure. And then really all a person can do is try to put their mind somewhere else. You know, so by and large an uninstructed person will probably just try to absorb into um, sights, sounds, TV, Netflix, substances of some kind or another just to, 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 to flood the system with some, some other form of input. Um, this is not really doing anything valuable. Mm-hmm. So where is the lack of anger that we want to use? Now, a sense of um, <coughs> being with, see, the chitta is affected by the anger, or affected by the ill will of others, and in its vulnerable state, because it hasn't been properly protected or bounded. <coughs> experiences a sense of threat and it can do one of two things it either collapses in defeat and fear or it rises up in anger that's what it will do instinctively as an instinct either protect yourself or you collapse you know that's what happens to people So to 
neither of those patterns really remedy anything. So, and then wouldn't say, you know, neither of those is really a lack of anger because they're all the results of it. The results of uh, abuse and insults and so on. Mm. If it's already in, you can't guard against it. It's already in there. So to be with is to find a space or a quality which can be in the presence of that without getting involved with it, without getting caught in it. There is the there is the absence of it. It really is a true absence. It's not affected by that. It's not just a a result of the anger, it's something that is fundamentally not in that paradigm. And this may be somewhat um, obscure. <coughs> so what I'm generally recommending, because the, the mind easily gets completely absorbed by emotions that flood everything, is to find, to go into the, the bodily domain and in the presence of that experience the experience of rage whatever it is feeling how it's affecting the skin the tissues uh, the belly face, fingers, the hands <coughs> feeling the effect of that generally the effect is, is a huge charge rushing of, of energy so it's heating up or bristling up or tightening up it's not a relaxed peaceful state so you're feeling that uh-huh. uh, and then beginning to deliberately relax the body coming down into the feet feeling the space around walking up and down coming to an embodied experience where there's something other than just that charge, that emotional charge. <coughs> it could be walking, feeling the movement of the body, walking along. Walking along is not angry. Movement, yeah, is not angry. Space around me is not angry. The ground beneath my feet is not angry. The touch of my feet on the ground is not angry. It's not there. Standing on my head is not angry difficult to sustain those <laughs> when you're standing on your head. <laughs> so, you know, because otherwise what will tend to occur is the mind will say experience something and then either proliferate in memories and perceptions, which is one which doesn't conquer it, or it'll just suppress it, block it, which doesn't conquer it. Or it will tend to go one to the other, it'll suppress it for a while and then go back to it again. You just keep bouncing around like that sometimes for years on end with occasional input of well we should forgive and forget let things pass yeah.
what does that do? Puts another something else on top, which again says, stop this feeling, don't don't feel what you're feeling. Don't feel what you're feeling. Which is one of the kind of craziest pieces of advice I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah, get rid of that feeling, you have another one instead. Well, you know. What kind of cultivation is that? How truthful is that? How sensitive is that? How much respect is there for oneself in that? How much real uh, sense of holding and uh, honest acknowledgement of damage is in that? No. You trivialize um, powerful effects so it's my fault I shouldn't be angry so having been abused and insulted which wasn't your fault now but you can it's your fault that you're angry so which wasn't your fault either. so you just pile up the layers of, of blockage on top of an experience and it doesn't if it worked maybe that's what you should do but Buddhism is really about waking up and revealing and truthfulness and recognizing if there is a truthfulness and a revealing, proper revealing, then conditions can resolve themselves. Now, this being with is not a small matter. It's a matter that requires uh, careful attention to find a place where you can be with that. And maybe this is space, maybe it's running, maybe it's walking, where you find, yeah, there's this, I'm here, this is happening to me, I, I am also aware of this vitality, presence, spaciousness, uh, embodiment, solidity, ground. I mean, I've said this thing several times, um, touching into that. Then this is the non anger. This is presence, this is awareness, this is steady, this is the non-anger. And the job of non-anger is to relate to anger with compassion, because the anger was there for not out of stupidity, but because one was hurt and insulted and abused and not properly treated. That seems it's not an unreasonable response. Now the way of being with rather than in, which helps to take away some of the volatile quality of the emotion, is to go out of the story. Absolutely necessary in order to really go out of the story. You can't go back to the story again. That's not going to solve it. Tribunals are not going to do it. But um, if you go to just the, the experience and you start to sense that, the heating and uh, the image comes up. Threat, uh, push down, uh, thrown out. Whatever it is, the image that comes up with that. You hold that. So you just keep getting down to one point, even, particularly even if it's a colour, uh, a symbol, an image, it becomes 
and you can, there it is, there it is, there it is. Now I can be with it rather than in it. I go into it by thinking, by reacting, by struggling, by fighting, I go into it. I want to plan a place where I'm not doing any of that. Now, it would be nice if it wasn't there, of course, but now it is here, so to be with, where is the place where instead of participating in that, blocking it, fighting it, struggling it, blaming it, going back to the past, I can relate to it. To be with something doesn't mean, you know, it means relationship. To be with something is relationship. So the relationship towards anger is what? You have to begin to find a place where there can be that sense of openness and calm, compassion, sympathy, interest, curiosity, uh to allow that energy to, (coughs) to be felt, to drain into something which is spacious and allowing. And that, that, and it gives you a chance to breathe out, you ventilate. And that's how the, the energy of that process passes away. So besides, we might very well, you know, when we consider what is anger anyway, what is any emotion, it's generally several things. You think it's one thing with several things. First thing is the experience of the perception um, shouted at, uh, thrown out, hurt, abused. It's made to look small, ridiculed, scorned, whatever. It's the perception, the little nugget, the micro story piece. You know, that piece. There's the feeling, feeling unpleasant feeling, you could say. <laughs> Didn't enjoy that, unpleasant feeling. Those two pieces, and then you get what you most probably consider the anger, which is a huge surge of, of, of activity, activation, rush, which is spinning rush of energy rushing through the system in some way or another. And that's what we feel, my goodness, getting blown away, overwhelmed by. And again, this is the same for fear, uh, grief, powerful emotions that human beings experience. There's the perception, there's the direct feeling, which is agreeable or disagreeable, and then there's the volitional push, the sankara, the rush of it. That's the energy of it. The energy of it is a rushing through the system. Now, what we're trying to explain is, well, maybe we could just put the, start to just deal with the rushing, flushing sense, the sheer rush of that. You know? can't eradicate the perception maybe that did happen maybe that's the case that's how you felt that's that's what it did to you can't just brush that away but you you could possibly find a place where that energy could be carefully held this is an energy it's running through my face it's running in my blood it's running in my belly it's an energy why even call it anger why don't you just call it rushing huge charge of energy and then maybe I could hold that and stand and walk and just move it down my body breathe it out steady it stop throwing more stuff onto it Uh, stop throwing more energy onto it but actually have um, just a deep caring receptivity to that so that particular 
violent activity, when it meets spaciousness, compassion and openness, it's got nothing to, to get tangled up with. It's like you're punching, it's punching a cloud. And it, and it can, it can, the problem is, when there's a person there, then it hits the person, the person holds it back. So it just keeps going. We don't, there's no room to get out because there's somebody there trying not to feel that, that rush. So instead of the rush of energy hits some force that's trying to hold it back, stop it. Well, that doesn't, it doesn't, doesn't dissipate, it just hits something, stays there, and then it doesn't, nothing's resolved. It's got a lock, and we built in a lock. That lock cripples, hampers our lives, reduces our possibilities for joy, for empathy, for fluency, for feeling happy, feeling free, because of that block, that lock. And you've got to recognize, well look, you know, if you've done this for a while, you know, if you've done this for a while, as most of us do, because we don't want to dump it onto other people, you can do this for a while, and that pressure's still there, and it keeps coming back, how long are you going to hold it back before something splits, and then you do say the things? Yeah. Or you have to dump stuff onto yourself to keep dumbing it down. Yeah. How long is it going? How long is that lock going to hold? How much energy do you want to put into holding that back? How twisted up do you want your guts to get holding that back? Yeah. How much numbing effect do you want to have holding that back? You start to think, you know, maybe it's better just, to <laughs> you know. And uh, yeah, we don't want to, you know, throw that at somebody else. Could I possibly unload it into the space around me, into the ground beneath my feet, into a quality of mind that will receive that? This quality of mind is by no means that easy to develop, but you start to, you know, work on ways and means of, of of um, widening, deepening mental, one's emotional, one's awareness, receptivity to powerful emotion. Which awareness does not agree, doesn't think anger is a good thing, doesn't say this is, you're right, it doesn't say you're wrong, it just says it's this. Okay, cut the story. Feel the, feel the energy rushing through and there's a transformation that can occur with that once well, like something's bottled up like a powerful energy it finds it, when it's released it finds a level of like you know so it's found a level there's a huge amount of energy in there it's found a level and the level then it's possible to say this is wrong this is improper this is not tolerable I refuse to accept this that's enough of that you know and there's no hatred in that it's just a very strong clear statement 
And from there, when we have our strength, when we regain the strength that being bashed around has taken away from us, then we might be able to say, I am strong. I, re- I don't need hatred. Yeah. I don't need hatred. I have my own dignity. And you just, you're able then, in that position, to, to say, you know, to, to those who hurt and abuse you, then you might be able to say, well, yeah, it's, a, uh, it's unfortunate you're so messed up. <laughs> I feel sorry. You know, I'm just glad I didn't do that. I'm sorry you're so messed up. You better go and deal with it. Then you can do the forgiving. One of those things I feel quite strongly about because so often I find, uh, you know, definitely well-intentioned people who are stuck in these in these phenomena and coming out with lines like, "I'll oh, be patient and forgive." And so, what about you know actually acknowledging that your husband beat you up <laughs> and it wasn't a good thing to do, <laughs> and it, you know. And uh, you know you should feel a little bit annoyed about that. <laughs> you can act upon it or not. So hopefully you can kind of hold back from the, the that. But actually, it's proper to say, well, that's that, no, that's that's not tolerable. That's not acceptable. And I'm not having any more of that. You know, because people, you know, we so we don't just. Oh well, never mind. Do it again. <laughs> you know, because it's the um, those those experiences, particularly if one is in the uh, in a vulnerable position, younger, or or someone who's getting abuse from somebody who should be caring for him. You know, it stunts your growth. You make you you feel small, pathetic and unlovable. That's crippling you. Something has to be moved against that. You need to get your strength back and your self-respect back. And if that energy is that we act in hatred, but that energy, if it's handled carefully, will take will get you back to your strength and to creating proper boundaries and to be able to, to you know, look after yourself. Anger is a natural reaction. You say it's some, something we certainly don't want to have happen, but if it's already happened, it's a little bit late to put the genie back in the bottle. <laughs> yeah, so how do we guard against it? Well, we create proper boundaries. And um, you know, when you jitter is wise, has capacities, then you can see other people's insults or abuses 
why it's this. But when you're small, you can't do that. You haven't got it. So all that just stuff seething around inside you. You know, why it being so that 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 traps you at that particular stage in impotence. So it's all these very powerful emotions and. you know, I think we're all subject to them. Threat, fear, fear of loss, fear of getting overwhelmed by our powerful emotions. This is what we use the body for. The embodied mind. Develop it. Particularly if you're not angry yet. <laughs> Develop it while, while you're in good shape. Get grounded. Feel where the refuge really is. Don't get caught up with what people do and say. Don't get, don't seek your, you know, take refuge in what other people do and say. That's not really for your welfare. Take refuge in ground, safety. Take it here. Something you can always have with you. Then you've got some, you've got some say over, okay, I'll let that in. Yeah, that's okay, that's okay. No, no, that's yours. You've got some say, and you want to build that up. Feeling the body in the body. Somewhere in our embodied presence, there is fundamental health, fundamental safety, fundamental clarity. Mm. Otherwise we would not be sane at all, we'd have a shred of it. But there is that. And from that presence it's not located so much physically as in terms of the body consciousness, there's an awareness of being here. There's a still point in the body. There's a still center there. And these effects naturally take us to places where we are hugely overstimulated or compressed or contracted or closed. Yeah, that's true. But find a place where you're not. It's not so, it's obviously not such a strong, it's not strong sensations. So we develop a very wide quality of awareness to track places where there's space, where the pressure isn't, for example. Places where there's ground, where the violent movement isn't. Could be just walking, could be standing, could be the sense of the space around you. And these are just little uh, tips and guidelines for you to to look into. while you know, and while one has the time, it's good to touch into that and feel your breathing and breathe into those areas. Breathe into your health, which means as you're breathing out, you follow your awareness, your awareness of breathing, your awareness of the sensations, the way the energy is subsiding. And where's that quiet place? 
there's that still place can you touch into that the nature of mind of jitta is that it it readily picks up signs picks up <coughs> signs of threat of violence of, you know it's doing it all the time you know you're living in a retreat and your jitta picks up something that bothers you about somebody else you know, there's a zillion things you could be noticing, but you notice the one thing that gets up your nose. <laughs> you know, so it picks that up and that becomes global, doesn't it? Whole retreat spent dealing with that. You know, that's the nature of mind. Now, because that's the nature of mind, we take something that's probably a minor element, make it to a major element. Why don't we take a minor element of well-being? a minor point of well-being a minor place a small place where we feel okay get in there focus on that absorb into that make that big make that great and so you're building up a resource and then you you breathe in and out you touch into that quality take the energy feel the energy and you meditate with that quality that is, your mind absorbs that particular quality of steadiness, spaciousness, groundedness, and that's what's that what's, that's what meditates. And you sustain your impressions of body in the light of that quality. You know? Now, you know, okay. So let's look at another. One. How do we not do that? Well, we pick up a particular mental attitude, such as, I want to get this right. And we meditate with that. I want to get it right, does the meditation. I want to get it right, does the meditating. I want to arrive at samadhi, does the meditating. I want to make sure that I'm getting this according to some system, that does the meditating. You meditate from your mind. What is your mind absorbed into? What does it pick up as its sign? Does it pick up yeah, an attitude, an achievement, a goal, uh, a self-judgment. Does it pick up that? Just waiting to make a judgment about yourself. As you, as it does, you meditate with that. Yeah, and you can meditate and unmeditate and meditate over and over again. If you're still meditating with that, you know is it possible that when the body breathes out it lets go it relaxes doesn't it do that does the body say oh I don't know how to let I don't know how to let go how am I supposed to do this letting go stuff? How do I relax on an out-breath? Do you think the body does that? No, it just does it. Because <laughs> it's, it's nature. It says, how do I have it? How am I to get the right in-breath happening? I'm not going to make sure I've got the right system of getting it in. But no, it just breathes in. So that's what we want to go to. Something that's got so natural and simple. It's, it's a relief. And we tune into that sign, the involuntary 
quality of a natural intelligence that's there for us. It's not in our brains, it's not in our heads, it's a natural quality of sensitivity. It's like when you walk, you try and figure out which muscle you're going to move first when you walk. Should it be my hip, my thigh, my, my chin, my feet? How am I supposed to do this? Get up and walk. <laughs> Your body knows how to do it. Just notice, hey, this thing does this. You know, it's like there's a natural intelligence there. That's what we want to bring up. That's what we want to hand it over to so that our thinking minds with all their accumulations, you know, so conditioned by getting it right by judgments, by fears, by all that, just look, just you step aside, will you? I want to meditate now. We'll get back to you later. You know? And just do that. And, you know, you want to be quite, um, this, this Buddha taught this because it's supposed to be comfortable. He said, this is a comfortable abiding. <laughs> because with breathing in and out, you know, the body just does it for you. How nice, just sit back and... <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we do it day, just breathing in and out. Great. <coughs> but, but we kind of use this word to, me- to meditate as some sort of hyped up thing because, you know, meditation, enlightenment, awakening, supreme truth, wonderful wisdom, companion, all these kind of concepts stack up. Wow, this is a big project, you know. <laughs> and yeah, you know, it's like but then idea you know, this touching to where it's natural and steady and comfortable. And then just you know, when the kind of conditioned mind starts getting in there as it does, it's like, just no. no. Just no look. What is the body doing now? And maybe I can't, maybe I'm not sensitive enough at the moment. My attention, my sensitivity isn't enough because I've got all these restrictions in my body. So, okay, we'll get back to that. Let's start loosening up in the body so the body acquires its its sensitivity and intelligence. Let's do some, even some qigong or some standing on one leg or anything to actually remind us this body's not just a dumb lump of meat. <laughs> it has it has an intelligence to it. You know, and for sure, I imagine most of us in our untrained capacities have not really got that, understood that, trusted it. Most of the time because most of the time we do dumb it down. Because we override, we follow what we follow, what's on the on the screen, what's on the clock, what's on the announcer, what's on the mobile, the phone, the cell phone, we follow that. All right, that's where the orders are coming from. So our intelligence goes out to those things, or to people's ideas and politicians telling us what we should... We lose this because we ignore that. We override it. So eventually it just starts giving up on us. That, that, so like, she's not going to listen anyway, so it just goes, goes dull. And so you want to actually put some time into saying, I'm sorry about this, you know, okay. <laughs> just get back, be friends, just do some walking, feel how it feels.
and with no particular gender other than just to know and sense how the body's doing. Yeah. Oh yeah, is that natural intelligence? That's going to really stand in enormous good stead. Yeah. Because it doesn't, by itself, it doesn't proliferate. It doesn't have stories. It doesn't have narratives. It's, uh, and it's, um, it's there, you know. You know, I kind of grow, go gradually with mindfulness of breathing. My general recommendation is just to first of all get into your body, you know, try and find some ground, take your time, doesn't matter, walk up and down, feel dull, it's okay, you know, come into that, feel the space around you, breathe in and breathe out. Just let it be that way. And just do that until there's enough there, enough steadiness and settledness there for you to sense this rhythm happening without you doing it, without you making a special effort to do it. It's, it's there for you. Feel the rhythm of that. Enjoy it. Feel the amazing gift of that. Something you didn't have to do is keeping you alive. Yeah. Imagine what it would be like if you could get a decent breath and you've been struggling for air. You've had an asthma attack. You've been in a smoky room. Wouldn't you really say, oh, one breath is so beautiful. <laughs> Just to get a clean, full breath. That's, that's how you train yourself you know, to appreciate, not to tighten up around these things. The deepening appreciation and the sensitivities that this body has built into it. And if we just train the mind to just keep coming back and its speed, its 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 objectives, its hurry up, get this no, no, this isn't hurry up. This is not that time. This is body time. And that tra- using the body to train the mind to come back. We cultivate this then also, this, this embodiment will <laughs> not just keep us a little bit steadier and calmer, but also be able to clear out some of these strongly obstructive emotional blockages. Things that we've never been able to clear in our thoughts, we maybe just shoved it to one side, and our life has been limited through that stuff we didn't couldn't deal with didn't know how to deal with so we just shut it off well you don't get over anything you either clear it or you suppress it you don't get over it and you know could be the case for some some of us that things have it's been cleared it's not there anymore, it's cleared. Some of it isn't cleared. Then you've got to get into the, to the body where the body is steady, grounded, spacious. Stay there. Feel what's being felt. Drop the story. Feel the, feel, feel the, the rush of those energies. Uh-huh. And give it its time 
to, to pass through. It's not a bad strategy. This example when the mm, Buddha was, uh, there was a couple of people having an argument. And the, the Buddha was, the Buddha's disciple and this other person, and the other person was saying, well, uh, you know, whereas I see it, a noble enlightened one is someone who has no evil thoughts, no evil intentions, no, has no evil actions. What do you say? You say, well, I don't know about that. Um, hmm. go and ask the Buddha I think so the Buddha said well you know if that's the case then you know a noble enlightened one is someone who's no has an evil thought well surely a newborn baby will be an enlightened one because they don't they can't even think straight yet Uh, if they have no evil speech newborn baby can't even speak so they'd be enlightened if they don't have any evil actions then all they can do is kick their legs around they don't do very much harm so they can enlightened no that's not what I call an enlightened being said an enlightened being understands violent evil intentions as their eyes <laughs> unwholesome intentions as their eyes is with that understands them is with them as they pass. This is what I regard a noble one. One is aware of these things as they arise and pass. It doesn't, he's got the space. He or she has that space that can be with and allow stuff to pass. More that is cultivated, then certainly the raw as we develop insight and wisdom from that place there's less and less room for hurt to land for dukkha to land but if it has landed then it has to be understood has to be contemplated has to be handled carefully so that it can pass this is my understanding of, of the process that I undertake myself and uh, with all due respect to the Buddha and my teachers. <laughs>